Is prayer effective? Are there conditions on when God will answer our prayer? Today, we're gonna to look at five things that we should know about prayer and then five things that we shouldn't do when we pray. This is Robert Furrow, and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell so you can get all of our new stuff. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Someone once said, prayer doesn't change things, it changes you. Uh, there are a few statements that I could agree with and disagree with as much as that statement. First of all, I believe that prayer does change us. As we call out to God, as we interact with Him, God's doing things inside of us, and it's very powerful. But I also believe that prayer changes things. In fact, the Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. And then you don't receive when you ask because you ask amiss, wanting to spend it on your own pleasure. So in other words, you have the wrong motive when you pray. Prayer is incredibly powerful and God is waiting to answer our prayers. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. And that's in the continual. Ask and keep asking, knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking, and you will be able to find these things. What a promise that when we pray, God's listening and he will give us answers to our prayers. We are told in James 5, 16 that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. Again, another passage that tells us that if we pray, God moves. We're also told in John 5, 14, ask anything according to my will, and he hears us. And if he hears us, then we know he will do the things that we're asking. Of course, that assumes that we are asking according to his will. Let's consider five things that are going to help to make our prayers effective. First of all, in James 5.16, we're told that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. That being right with God is so important. We have a tendency to use righteousness, holiness, and purity all as the same word, but they're not. Righteousness means to have things right between you and God and to have things right with people around you. When things are right between you and God, then your prayers are effective because there's nothing standing in the way. Then your prayers are more effective because there's nothing standing in the way. Before you pray, take time to stop. Evaluate. Look as to whether or not anything has crept into your life. Make things right with God. Walk in that righteousness and our prayers will be effective. Number two, make sure that your prayers aren't hindered. 1 Peter 3, 7 tells husbands to treat their wives properly and their prayers will not be hindered. What God cares about most of all is the way that we are interacting with one another, that we're not mistreating the people around us. And if we are, it can hinder our prayers. We certainly don't want to go before God, ask him to do this great thing we're pleading with him to do, and then turn around and mistreat someone. Having things right with God and right with the people around us is a foundation for answered prayers. The third thing we should do is to pray an effective prayer. But what is effective? James 4.2 says, you do not have because you don't ask, and when you ask, you don't receive because you ask amiss, wanting to spend it on your own pleasures. That means that we can ask for things that are not God's will, or for things that are selfish, instead of for things that really matter. Every once in a while, someone will joke and ask me to pray for something that is incredibly trivial, and I'll say something like, I think there's a lot more important things to pray about. 
It's not that God doesn't hear your prayers that may be trivial. It's that effective prayer is when we really pray about things that are meaningful and are going to change people's lives. The fourth thing to do is to pray as Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. He started off by saying, when you pray, pray in this manner. And the good thing is that most of us know the Lord's Prayer. We know it by heart. And when we pray in that manner, we're reminded our Father in heaven. We're reminded that we have a dad. We have a Father that loves us, and he's in heaven. Hallowed is your name. He is holy. He is righteous. He is pure. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our ultimate desire is to see God's will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. We're to ask for the things that we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Ask for help in temptation. Ask to be delivered from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. If ever you want to spend time praying and you don't know what to pray for, it's good just to kind of use that as an outline, not just to pray through the prayer, but pray the things that are there. The fifth thing that we should do in prayer is to pray fervently. The Bible says it's the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. And that is that we would really care about what we're praying for. When we're talking to someone and trying to convince them, or we think that something is important, we have passion behind what we say. And when we go to God and we truly pour out our hearts to him and we fervently seek him, God has promised that those are effective prayers as we seek him. Now let's consider five things we shouldn't do when we pray. The first one is found in Matthew 6, verses 5 and 6. And Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites that love to stand on a street corner and pray so they can be seen by people. I think when Jesus began to talk this way, that there were average regular people who didn't like that Jesus was talking that way because they liked to pray in public for people to hear them. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the extreme on that. And I find today when I encourage people not to pray in public to be seen by people, when you're out having a meal, don't make a big show of praying over the dinner. Say a quick prayer. When you have a football player that kneels on the football field and prays, most Christians think that's great. But my question is, is that a violation of what Jesus said? Is he praying to be seen by men? I'm not saying that we hide our faith. Obviously, we live out loud for Jesus Christ. But we've got to ask ourselves why we do what we do. We don't want to do something just to be seen by men. We want it to be sincere and something we do from the heart. The second thing that we don't want to do is use repetitive prayers. This is Matthew 6, 7, where Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the heathens who love to hear themselves pray. So there are the hypocrites that stand up and pray that were in Judaism that just prayed to be, you know, to be praying. But then there were the heathens that repeated prayer. And today there are a few prayer, the, the prayer of Jabez, and of course the Lord's Prayer, and some other prayers that people repeat thinking that there's something special and powerful about it. If you mean what you pray, there is. And praying the same thing every day, I don't think is a problem if you're seeking God for something. But if you think you're being heard just for your many words, then that's a mistake. And when you make prayer long, just to make prayer long, because you think that people are really liking your prayer or really into your prayer, I can almost guarantee you they're not. It would be better for you just to give a short, powerful, meaningful prayer. The third thing that you don't want to do when you pray is to approach God with pride. The Bible says that God is on the side of the humble, but he resists the prideful. 
And so when we pray, we want to humble ourselves before our God, realize who he is and who we are and the great work that God wants to do with us. And God responds to people who humble themselves. I believe humbling ourselves is something that we can never, we can never be too humble. The fourth thing is don't pray regularly in public. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites that pray openly to be seen by men. But when you pray, go into your closet where God sees you in secret and rewards you openly. So when we take time to seek him, when no one else sees, when we're not doing it for any kind of spiritual points where people will think that we're really spiritual, it's then that God sees us and rewards us openly. What a great promise by him. And finally, the fifth is to not give up. Too many people stop praying. Jesus told parables that we were to persist in praying. Remember in Luke chapter 18, there was a parable told of a man who was an unjust judge and he finally ruled for a widow, not because she was right, he wanted to rule against her, but because she met him every day and said, rule for me. And he finally did because she was pesky. So what's God saying? That if we are pesky enough, he'll finally answer our prayers. This is not a parable of comparison, it's a parable of contrast. The contrast is, if an unjust judge will finally rule for a woman because she persists, how much more will the fair judge of the universe answer your prayers when you persist? I wonder if we've ever gotten close to receiving our prayers and then stopped praying and not received it. I also think that there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. And sometimes we stop praying before the spiritual battle is complete. Finally, prayer changes destinies. I love the Old Testament account of Hezekiah. Hezekiah is sick and he's on a deathbed. He doesn't know it, but Isaiah shows up and says, thus says the Lord, you're gonna die from this. Turns around and walks out. Before he gets out of the courtyard, Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and prays, cries out to God. We take it, it's fervently, I'm gonna die. And God stops Isaiah, sends him back and tells him to tell him God's gonna give him more years. Now, theologically, I don't know what to do with that because he says, thus says the Lord, you're going to die from this, but then comes back and says, you're going to have more years that you're not going to die from this. Nevertheless, his prayer changed his destiny. And when we seek God and seek him fervently, destinies change. That's why when people say prayer changes you, prayer doesn't change things, I couldn't disagree with that more because prayer can radically change things. Be a person that seeks God regularly. Be a person that does this diligently and intentionally, making things right with God. And I believe that God will answer our prayers.